It's your Locked On Flyers podcast for Monday, January 16th, your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high-quality content that almost can't believe we're going to sit here and talk about the Flyers sweeping a home-and-home against the Caps. But here we are. It happened. All right, we're going to talk about that, and we're going to preview today's game against the Bruins coming up next. Your Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Monday, everyone. I am Rachel Donner. You can find me on Twitter at rmiriam. I'm here, as always, with Russ Cohen, who's on the road again. And you can find him on Twitter at Sportsology. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Lockdown Flyers. That is where you'll keep up to date on our episodes, Flyers news. You can also email the show at LockdownFlyers at Gmail. We do a mailbag almost every week. Uh, probably going to have one for you later on Wednesday. So get those questions in. Uh, in addition to talking about the Caps and the Bruins, we're going to have our nemesis of the week, which is always a good time for us. And I'm looking forward to this one. Locked on Flyers is free and available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, wherever you get your podcasts. So subscribe. You'll get all of our episodes here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Plus, we're over on YouTube. So subscribe there as well. Uh, Russ, this second game of the two against Washington had a very different feel to it, would you say? It did. Uh, this was one where I think for two periods, the Flyers had this great team concept that was working. They they had energy. They were getting great goaltending and really good complimentary play from a lot of players. Yeah, and I think, you know, we've talked about the Flyers earlier in the season where you can't just rely on Carter Hart to save you, right? Right. But I felt like this was a game where it was okay for him to save the team at the end because they did have that good structure for enough of the game where it wasn't entirely Carter Hart, but a big part of it was Carter Hart. And the way they've been playing recently, you know, this is not every game now. This was like a once in a while thing where Carter Hart has to be like the reason why they hold on to win the game. Right. Because, you know, like John Tortorella knew like that third period they were they were holding on like they, there was a lot of pileups in front of the net. But Hart did a really good job with it. So uh, impressive for him to be able to do that. Impressive to to get this uh, win streak going. I'm still not going to talk playoffs. So people have tweeted me and I refuse to do it. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't think we're there yet, especially with the competition in the division and how the Atlantic is looking. I mean, it th there would have to be a hell of a miracle, I think, for the Flyers to even, you know, get close to the playoffs. And, you know, that's why, you know, the first half of the season, there was all that time where they weren't winning and they weren't racking up points and, and in order to make the playoffs, that's what you have to do is to get yes. those points early and often. Yeah. I mean, right now they're going through their hottest time, but we also know that Flyers teams of the past had these streaks for both ends, winning and losing. And they did start to do that this year, too. So it started with losing. Now they got the winning. So I don't know. I, I, I've never seen such a streaky team. That's all I could say. 
Yeah, I think, you know, ultimately you want to get to a point where they win where they should win and are competitive where you wouldn't think they would win. Right. And, and I, I think they're getting closer to that for sure. Mm -hmm. I think that, you know, they're getting a lot more consistent. And, you know, you compare these wins against the wins at the beginning of the season. These are much better because yeah, no it's doubt. a more, as George said, it was a cohesive team effort. Mm hmm. Yeah, I mean that that was accurate, and yeah, these are these are really good wins. Oddly enough, you know, like in this game, Travis Konecny doesn't score, uh, but the rest of the team does, which is good because honestly, he can't score every game, and you shouldn't expect him to score every game. The only thing, again, it's nice with Owen Tippett offensively, but he has to lay off these penalties. The last couple of games, he has really racked up the penalties, and they're they're just sort of like these lazy penalties because he's not keeping up on defense so this is where in order for him to really get to where he wants to be offensively he is going to have to round out this part of the game or he's going to start losing some ice time yeah i think that is a, a fair point uh, the broadcast was talking a lot about this game in particular in terms of you weren't sure what they were going to call and you know, I tend to agree with them in this one. I didn't but agree I on all of them. No. You know what I mean? Like they were basically saying anything. If anybody fell down and and if any Flyers player fell down, they basically were calling it a penalty. And I didn't agree with two or three of things that they said. I agreed with a couple, but also the you know the Flyers got away with at least one or two as well. Yeah, yeah, it was consistently inconsistent. Yes, <laughs> that's the perfect word say. for it. Uh, so it was kind of hard, I think, for the players on both teams to gauge, you know, what was going to get called and how far they could push things or not, because it felt like the calls were kind of random across the board. But I was going from the game before, too. And, this, and with Frost, he's he's probably going to lose a little ice time, too, because you can't pass between the legs in your own zone with Ovechkin on the ice. Like, you just can't do it. There's no reason to do it. There's never a good yeah. time to do it. Don't do it. Yeah, that was, I think, you know, a big standout mistake that happened in, in the game. Yeah. But, you know, that being said, I, I really think one of the high points, and, and it's been, you know, building, is Joel Farabee. You know, mm -hmm. he's had three goals, four assists since the new year began. I think, you know, he's finally starting to really kick it into gear in terms of the injury recovery and uh, and playing more toward what his ability level is. Yeah, no question. I think his game speed has gotten better. I think his um, just nose for the net has gotten better. I think now he's uh, a little more engaged for his all-around game as well. Maybe he feels better. So this is a good, good you know, streak for him and a good you know stretch of time for him and and really a great stretch of time. For Rasmus Ristolainen, which he's probably the most maligned player on the team because nobody talks about him. He was fantastic on the penalty kill that entire game and probably for the last few games. And, I, you know, I'm not sure what he's supposed to do to, you know, get people to say, hey, he's playing well. I don't know what he's supposed to do. Yeah, I think people are just starting to mention that a little bit, that, you know, while it's still disappointing, he's not getting on the board at all. His defensive play has improved dramatically. And I think that has been the biggest knock on him, right? Mm -hmm. Is that, you know, just from a numbers perspective, he's been terrible defensively. And so when you sign him for that much money as a defenseman, you worry about is your money well spent? And I think that for whatever reason, Torts' system is working 
for him. And he's been able to adjust his game to fit what Torts needs from him and has contributed positively, at least on the defensive side. of Yeah, I mean, he's starting to take some chances out there, like skating up into the play, because I think maybe he feels like his defensive play is a lot more set now. So he can do those things. Yeah, he definitely did that later in the game. And when he had some opportunities, and I think that is a harbinger of of things to come. Something that I did warn some of the fans about, because look, Ivan Provorov said he would like to stay regardless of what he has said to management. And the amount of minutes that John Tortorella is logging for him, again, if you don't have Ivan Provorov, who exactly is going like, there was a point where he was leading all skaters in the game. Like who exactly is going to be able to do that? If you do that to Sandheim, he'll get gassed. Like there's nobody on this team right now that is used to that amount of minutes. Even if you start distributing them a little bit more, you're going to be given more minutes than to like Nick Sealer. Which again, I think for this season is not the worst thing ever. No, but I'm thinking down the road. Yeah. Yeah. You don't want to have that down the road, but I think, you know, for this year, you know, if for some reason they decided to trade Provorov at trade deadline, you know, they could manage for the rest of the season, but they would have to make some significant changes or bring somebody up next year and, and, you know, have more younger guys playing D in order to get those minutes in. And I'm not sure who can manage that level of minutes yet. I mean, I was listening to Sirius XM on the drive and heard Mike Zeisberg or a buddy of mine, and he spoke to three GMs and they said, listen, there's not a lot of cap room out here to make deals. So that's why I don't think Provorov is even going to get dealt. Plus there's 17 teams in LTIR utilizing LTIR. So, you know, again, it's nice to talk about this potential Provorov deal, but it's going to be hard to pull off. Yeah, I I agree. I agree. Uh, We have a tough week ahead. Uh, The calendar gets pretty jam-packed for the rest of the month. We're going to start with the Boston Bruins in an afternoon game today, and we're going to talk about them next. Today's episode is sponsored by Athletic Greens. I started using Athletic Greens because I wanted better gut health, more energy, optimized immune system, and hating taking pills and vitamins. And I wanted a supplement that actually tastes great. With one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole foods, source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, and focus. It costs you less than $3 a day. You're, inve- you're investing in your health and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. It's lifestyle friendly. Whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free, Athletic Greens contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals, or artificial anything while still tasting good. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one sc- Goop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL network. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash NHL network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. 
Russ, we've got a 1 p.m. game up in Boston today, and uh, you know we are marking the occasion of Martin Luther King weekend, uh, hence the afternoon games around the NHL. And I think you know the biggest news for the Bruins, other than the fact that they're still mostly winning, is uh, two things. Uh, number one, Jake DeBrusque had a fractured. Uh, fibula during the winter classic you were up there uh, he had a tremendous winter classic he did there was the no ice. way of knowing this was happening i know i know it was pretty crazy and then all of a sudden they said oh he's got a broken leg and you're like what how so uh he's out indefinitely right now and so that he's the main guy that's missing for the bruins the other thing is that uh they finally lost at home in regulation to the kraken uh, they were shut out in fact on thursday three to nothing and that that was huge for them luckily we've had a game or they've had a game in between that and now and they won against the Leafs and of course that game was bonkers it was like a playoff atmosphere kind of game um got really scrappy so I feel like they got whatever that was out of their system uh but they're still seven one and two in their last 10 which is like similar to the Flyers but it's a totally different circumstance yeah agreed I, I you know the um the thing about the Bruins is they're awfully good at home. They just are. Like, whatever numbers you you cite, it's just a, a big impact. I know JVR said this game will be fun. I think he was just sort of hiding the fact that he knows it's a massive challenge. Uh, it might not be fun if, you know, they make a lot of mistakes early on. So they have to really, you know, jump out and match the energy of the Bruins right away in this game. Because the Bruins are going to – this is what they do early on, whether it's indoors or outdoors – they will try and jump on you early and and they will really push it for the first two, three, four minutes. And you've got to survive that. And so that's a big deal. Uh, I think we're going to see Linus Olmark, who right now would be my vote for the Vezina. He last I looked, he had like the triple crown of goaltending locked up at the moment. Yeah. And, you know, again, he hasn't lost much either this year. So I know. what an acquisition for the Bruins. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, it, it he was in like such a weird circumstance and then goes to Boston and he is just absolutely destroying everybody. <laughs> well, last year he had trouble and, and and I didn't really find this out. So I went to the Winter Classic, but apparently he had a little trouble fitting in, getting his family moved here and everything last year. And now this year, completely focused, seems like a different guy and back to the, OK, this guy's got a lot of talent. You know, nobody's unbeatable, but this is a team where. You know, as an example, now the Flyers won't do this, but I would have the two defensemen on the on the power play the entire time for every power play they take. When you've got guys like Bergeron and Marshawn, they're going to get shorthanded chances against this Flyers team if they don't use the two defensemen. Yeah, I think that's a, a really interesting strategy, and I think it does make sense this time around. If you have, you know, somebody like quarterbacking, the power play and then the other defensemen kind of up on the wall a little bit who can exactly. get back really quickly. I think that's really the right approach here um, it, because the Flyers have had such an aggressive power kill and Boston is in a similar boat in terms of their ability to get chances. Uh, I think that kind of battle is going to be a really interesting. It'll be fun to watch for sure. I mean, that's, that's going to be a, a facet of the game. Uh, the Bruins have plenty of toughness. So 
If the Flyers are going to go for that angle, that's fine. Uh, the thing that I worry about, and right now the, the Flyers are getting away with it on the PK, but I do think some of the guys on the PK are a little slow, and I worry about it with a fast Bruins team like this, very experienced as well, how that's going to work out. But we'll see. I mean, there's some speed on the Flyers' PK. Don't get me wrong when they have Konechny out there and and Lawton, and you know those guys can skate, but but you know there's some other guys that aren't so fleet of foot. Yeah, I wonder... Uh, just even at five on five, if the Flyers are going to put out uh, like Sandheim, Tony D'Angelo out there against the Bruins top line, because they've been uh, really good recently in terms of getting back and preventing chances, uh, you know, with stick work and just with the dives on the ice to block shots. I think you could try I it. Like that might be it. Yeah, I, I'm I'm not 100% sure they would do it, but I think it would be an interesting option. I'm not against trying it. You know, you'll know five minutes in which D'Angelo you're getting. And if you're getting the one you're talking yeah. about, it could work. If you're, not get, if you're getting the other one, then he's going to get victimized. So, yeah, it's hard to tell, but I think it's an interesting right. thought. Yeah, because like obviously your natural inclination is to put Provy out there against right. him just because he can handle the minutes. And then if they need him to step in for additional minutes against the second line, which is, of course, also, also monster with Krejci and Pasternak out there. I, I think that that's probably what they're going to do. But they've got to balance these minutes somehow because you even have like, you know, their third line has Charlie Coyle and Taylor Hall right now. And Pavel Zaka. Uh, Zaka's played up in the on the second. On the second, line oh, okay. Last, I thought he was on the third. In yeah, the I last mean, game, but he does usually play on the third line. Yeah, I mean Zaka's right a guy that has been pretty effective against the Flyers in his career. Yep. And yeah, he's fitting great in Boston. So that's just another guy to sort of worry about. Uh, Hall is a big guy to worry about because of the speed. Like that's it throws teams because a lot of times the teams have it on the first line. Well, they they've got it throughout <laughs> they've got it on the first couple of lines so that's where it does become a problem and this is your classic second line worry about the second line team but you could yeah. honestly the way they they roll all four like they're all good yeah they they really are and I, I do worry about you know when the flyers fourth line is out there because that is huge in terms of the mismatch yes yeah i mean and that's the thing we'll see Boston's going to have the uh, the last change, and that's going to be uh, an important thing to see how John Tortorella handles it. It, it. You know, the fourth line could get very little ice time against this Bruins team. It's it's possible, but if Torts overdoes it and decides he loves the game, you know that McEwen's playing that day, he it, it could bite him. I I do wonder how scrappy this game could get because I feel like with the uh, style of defense that Torts wants to see in terms of getting in people's faces and playing aggressively, you know, when you're getting sort of skated around, that gets exacerbated. And so I just don't want the Flyers to get sucked into taking too many penalties. Well, I mean, this Boston team, from what I've seen, isn't overly scrappy. Like they, you know, they're not going to, they're going to finish checks and all, but they're not going to, you know, get crazy about trying to fight or do any of those things unless they're down by a lot and they feel like they need a spark. But Right. And that's why I worry the Flyers are going to try and instigate that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. 
it's hard. This team is this Boston team is not as willing to do it as previous ones. They've got guys that can do it, but they're not as willing because they're winning so many games that they're just like, you know, not as interested right off the bat in doing that. We'll see how this one goes. Uh, you know, again, with the afternoon start, those are always, uh, you know, a bit of a question mark for the Flyers. But Always happen. You know, could throw the Bruins off a little bit too. And the Flyers are very eager to keep their winning ways going. And uh, we'll, we'll see how this one turns out. Uh, we are going to turn our attention to our nemesis of the week coming up next. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting information, stats, news, and analysis. You can get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there from football playoffs to basketball, soccer, esports, and of course the NHL. They've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts like ours, you can find some of those at BetOnline as well. They're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fixed. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. Russ, uh, we were talking last week in our nemesis of the week that they were kind of a little bit more personal last mm-hmm. week than you. I got a real personal one that people are going to relate to. Well, I'm looking forward to that for this week. Uh, last week, I talked about you know having my birthday, which was last Thursday. That was my first birthday without having Claude Giroux as the captain of the Flyers. We have the same birthday. It was a little weird for me, but at the same time, uh, I got to celebrate because uh, Sporty Spice and I also have the same birthday, so got to focus on that as well. So did you play a lot of Spice Girls that day? I did, actually. And some Mel C solo stuff. She's okay. got some good solo stuff. All right. I like her song. She did a good song with Brian Adams once. Mm-hmm. She yeah. did. Yeah, it's really good. Uh, so in terms of this week, uh, I think my nemesis, given how busy the schedule is over the next couple of weeks, it's fitting in the rest for, for Carter Hart. Like, when mm-hmm. are they going to sit him? What's happening with Felix Sandstrom? Because... He was uh, put on the conditioning assignment on January 5th. So that expires January 19th, Thursday. It'll be two weeks. So uh, obviously he's going to have to come back up. What's going to happen with Sam Erson? Um, This week, again, like I said, is jam-packed. Bruins, Ducks, Blackhawks, Red Wings, and Jets are back-to-back this weekend. So... You know, and and then the week, you know, that following week, tons of tough opponents. And I worry about how they're going to load balance for that. So that's kind of where my nervousness lies. No, and it's a good point. I think early on they're going to paper transaction Ursan and hold on to all three. I'm not sure what will happen beyond that. But I think they might um, attempt that. Uh, So my nemesis is anytime you're, you know, folks are driving and, you get on a trip like I do. Eventually, you get to some toll booths that have backups. Now, we're in the day of Easy Pass. I get it. Some people don't have Easy Pass and will pay cash and buy tickets, get the tickets and whatever. But I would say 75% of cars probably have Easy Pass. And every once in a while, you run into a state where it's just like 
what is going on here? There's like three lanes of traffic, but the easy pass is all the way over to the right, which in most other states, it's over to the left. So Ohio, Ohio, what are you doing? You're creating your (laughs) own traffic because I saw just like me, cars were like, oh, it's over to the right. Let's go over to the right. And then, you know, Easy Pass people were getting right through. But I have a feeling people were stuck in line, even with Easy Pass, because Ohio happens to be the only state that's on the right rather than the left. And there you go. So Ohio is your nemesis. Ohio is my nemesis. The Ohio Department of Transportation, to be specific. Yes. Yes. Yeah, I think, like, a lot of them, the best circumstance is when you have both, right? You have it to the left and you have it to the right. So no matter where you are, you can get to a lane pretty easily. And a lot of places obviously have those express lanes on the left where there isn't even a booth and you can just go right through. Ohio's um, got and then the, the gate. They're, they still are caught in the old days with the gate. Now, they did have a couple of red lights on the left maybe on a, on a Monday. They opened those up. But they still have the gate, which, again, is just beyond ridiculous at this point. Yeah, that is ridiculous. Um, yeah, pretty much around here, it's all just uh, sensors and oh, you yeah. just drive. And there's no, there's not even booths. It's no. just you go, you just drive, and a camera takes a picture of your plate, and it's very creepy. But you know, it's also convenient. Yeah. So, uh, like I mentioned, we obviously we have the Bruins today, the Ducks in the second half of a back to back. There's so many games packed in over the next few weeks before the all-star break so we're gonna have a lot of flyers to talk about but in the meantime flyers vibes are pretty good right now russ yeah they are there's no question uh i know people were kind of pushing for for travis Konechny to become an all-star but like to get him in on that last vote is going to be hard and to be honest i don't see a lot of guys dropping out for whatever reason unless it all happens last minute and i don't think the league really allows it last minute it seems like it he may not get in there and it does make you wonder like how Kevin Hayes feels. Cause he's got to know Travis Konechny is a better player than he is at this point. Yeah. I think, you know, you just go and have fun with it and understand that these things, there's a lot of factors to it. And yeah. you know, that that's all you can do at this point. And uh, Travis Konechny will most likely get some time off and I'm sure he'll appreciate that. And his family will. Uh, our Flyers fun thing today, uh, Charlie O'Connor posted on Twitter uh, following the Flyers-Caps game that uh, they were playing I Miss You by Blink-182 in the locker room following the win. And like as the media was, was entering, uh, they put the volume down on the music and Patrick Brown and Scott Lawton said, what are you doing? That's the best part of the song, like because it was about to be Tom's verse. Mm. of i miss you and that they are correct and i would be upset just as scott lawton and patrick brown were in that moment i mean come on it is the best part of the song just let him sing yeah but then people are trying to record like it's a little rude no i know i know <laughs> i but get what you, they're you saying gotta, you gotta let him sing you gotta at least let him sing the where are you okay you know? all right that's fair <laughs> All right, that will do it for today's show. We will be back again tomorrow. We're going to recap this game against Boston. We'll have our Phantoms check in, some intrigue there uh, from this past week. 
as a reminder, we always want to hear from you. So send in your questions via Twitter at Lockdown Flyers. You can email us at lockdownflyers at Gmail. You can comment over on YouTube. I'm Rachel. I'm on Twitter at rmiriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M. I'm Russ. I'm at Sportsology, S-P-O-R-T-S-O-L-O-G-Y. Have a great day, everyone.